Good afternoon, everyone. This is episode 38 of the Off Topical Podcast. My name is Gardner, and I'm doing it alone today. Uh, Raven, I miss you so much, man. Uh, I know everybody out there does, too. On this episode of the podcast, we're talking about the new release of Proton, some awesome news from OpenRA, and we talk about Google Stadia pricing details, which is uh, interesting, fascinating, and confusing as hell. All this and more today. First up, we're talking about uh, Proton. 4.26 is released. So this is some really exciting and interesting stuff. Now, if you look at the GitHub page for Proton, uh, there's a there's a new post over there that says um, uh, that details some of the uh, improvements with with the new version of Proton. And, and this isn't a major change. This is an incremental change. Um, but there are a lot of fixes for for games that people have been talking about for a while. Uh, one of the biggest uh, things, the, the headline feature, is uh, fixes for Steam's networking API. Uh, that means that um, the multiplayer in A Hat in Time is going to be functional now. So you can play multiplayer A Hat in Time, which is a game that I've been meaning to to play and I have not played it yet. Additionally, DXVK 1.2.1 has been rebuilt using a uh, modern compiler. Uh, and this, what this means is that we're going to end up with uh, better performance uh, for 32-bit games. And I'm pretty sure that uh, most, if not all, of the games uh, on Steam are going to be <laughs> um, 32-bit. We also have an incremental update for F-Audio, which is now at version 19.06. Uh, there's game fixes for non-English locales like uh, games like Grid. There's also uh, Rumble support fixes for um, Team Sonic Racing and a couple others. And there's better font racing, uh, better font rendering, excuse me, in uh, Spellforce 3. Um, so this is, you know, an incremental update. Uh, it's available uh, as of the time of recording 16 hours ago. Uh, it's part of Steam now. And so if you wanted to play a Hat in Time multiplayer, go for it. I want to know what you guys think about Proton. Do you think that the the, the pace of development here is uh, is good? I, I'm actually very pleased with the with the pace of development. Um, I'd like to see more features, and I'd like to see more games that are actually, uh, you know, added to the whitelist. Um, when are games that are added to the whitelist going to be displayed in the Steam Store? That's a good question. Let's go say let's go to SteamPowered.com, uh, and then. Let's look up Doom 2016 because that's on their whitelist. Yeah, I, I want to know when games that are released for... Uh, I want to know when games that have been whitelisted for compatibility with uh, Proton are going to be listed on the store page as compatible with Linux and SteamOS. Because Doom is on that whitelist and yet it's not listed as compatible with Linux. And so um, I feel like that would be a major boon. I, Proton is not in beta anymore as far as, uh, as far as I remember. I'm pretty sure it left beta a couple months ago. And so now we're at a point where, you know, why aren't they being listed as compatible with Linux? And uh, it's, it's very strange to me. Uh, they're, they're not doing themselves a favor by, by not listing it as such. Um, but what do you guys think? Do you want to see more games added to the actual whitelist? Or do you think ProtonDB is sufficient? Let me know with an with a email at show at offtopical.net or you can head over to the show notes, uh, forum.heavyelement.io and uh, leave a comment on the show notes there. 
Uh, if you want to find a link to any of the stories that we talk about today, that's where you'll find them is in the show notes. And uh, that's it for this story. Let's move on. All right, next story uh, on the on the docket today. OpenRA details uh, some new features that are coming up in the summer release. Uh, this is a big deal for me because I am a huge, huge fan of uh, OpenRA. It's one of my favorite video games ever. Not just um, not just open source games, but it's one of my favorite games of all time because I have been and will forever be a Command and Conquer fan. Uh, Command and Conquer is one of the greatest um, franchises in the history of mankind. <laughs> I love it so, so much. And uh, yeah, uh, OpenRA is just mm, perfection to me. So OpenRA uh, detailed in a blog post on their website uh, just yesterday that um, they are still going strong, developing... Uh, tons of new stuff um adding uh, tons of new code and they went into they wanted to introduce uh some of the upcoming features that are going to hit with the next release and you know their their development has been um a bit slower than normal uh with this release um i'm really looking forward to tiberian sun which is not a mod that is available yet and they're not talking about it here which i i always find disappointing but there are some really, really, really exciting features here. So let's just talk about some of these features. Um, the first feature, and one that has been, um, uh, and one that has been lacking to the to the detriment of you know people who like to take their time and 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 have like a long play session is single player games. You're now going to be able to save them uh, and and load them later. Um, it's uh, it's they, they, they say that it's probably the most wanted missing feature and uh, this next version is going to include it. And that's um, really, really cool. Uh, I wonder how they're doing this. Are they going to um, uh, save it as like a, a binary blob or is it going to be a, a text uh, kind of JSON thing? I'd love to know how this is going to work. Uh, really exciting. Um, the spectator UI is going to be updated uh, and it's more streamlined at this point. They, they mentioned that, the, that their current spectator UI uh, is clunky and uh, takes up too much screen space. And with, the, uh, with their next release, and, and with the summer release, they're going to be introducing a more, uh, a more focused and, as they call it, a slim spectator ui uh this is really cool because it's going to have like a transparent quality uh and i don't know is it going to be able to be collapsed I, i'm not sure exactly um but it looks really really good uh just being able to you can see like uh the teams and what colors each team member is uh you can see what um what faction they're on how much money they have uh how much money they're re generating per minute um, the, their power level, uh, how many kills they've actually scored and how many deaths they've suffered, um, how much, uh, d what in financial costs have they destroyed uh, and what have they lost and, uh, their overall score. Now this is really cool because, um, it also shows their actions per minute. This is, this is really, really nice. And it, each, each player is actually in a single line taking up, uh, much less than they normally than they normally would 
another thing uh, with the UI that they've changed is the Tiberian Dawn mod has a brand new um, overhauled visual design. And uh, from what I remember, the Tiberian Dawn mod, uh, the UI just looked like crap compared to OpenRA and to um, uh, Dune 2000. So this is really cool. I'm really excited to get my hands on this. Um, they also have overhauled how they also have polished how uh, building placement looks and works. Um, the building placement tool used to just show you an outline, like a footprint of what the building uh, was going to take up in terms of real estate on your on your battlefield. And, and now they're actually overlaying the the sprite of the building and the footprint. And it also lets you see what uh, what what is actually blocking placement um, if it's a unit or debris or something else on the battlefield. Uh, really exciting. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to getting my hands on this mod for sure. They also have in, uh, you know added some more information uh, to the uh, map previews in the map selection uh, for the multiplayer. Uh, it now shows what looks like tech buildings, um, refineries, uh, more resources on the map, like gems, it looks like. I'm not exactly sure. There's, there's a little, um, they're showing before and afters here and the, uh, it looks like tech buildings and, uh, additional like resources of some kind. If it's black, it's like a where where the ore or the Tiberium is like a a yellowish color, uh, there's like a black color, like a darker gray that's also being displayed. I'm not exactly sure what that would be. Um, maybe it's gems in the uh, in the other mod uh, in the OpenRA mod. Not sure what that is. It doesn't say. They just said uh, overhaul the map previews. Oh, forests. That's what that is. Oh, it shows forests. Okay and civilian structures. Um, tech buildings would be really nice to see on there as well. So they have a small list of um, other features that are really exciting, uh, including uh, the app image on macOS and Linux no longer requires mono. Um, the artwork for the long controversial allied hind in Red Alert has a, it has a new name and new artwork. Uh, there are a lot of tweaks uh, and traits that will allow modders to be able to modify their games uh, and their mods in any way they want. And um, they've fixed a bunch of stuff, including uh, unit orders and queuing for aircraft uh, and harvesters. But the most exciting of these uh, changes is being able to set the approach vector for parabombers and airstrikes oh my god so i never knew that i wanted this feature until now basically what uh you get to do with this is when you're uh going to be uh you know deploying your paratroopers your parabombs your airstrikes uh these basically support powers um you get to choose the direction that the uh, aircraft approaches from it, th I didn't know that I wanted this, but this is going to, this gives you so much more fine control over what was before, like not refined at all. It was, uh, in fact, it was quite, um, 
quite a blunt instrument um, because you could take your um, your parabomb your parabombs or whatever and you could tell them to attack a certain building but uh, the approach vector was set randomly and so you would end up only dropping one or two bombs out of like five or six bombs on a building and with this you can actually set uh the optimal approach vector for the aircraft and it can come in and uh hit multiple buildings at once this is so cool also if you know if paratroopers were being blocked by a buildings uh, so they wouldn't be they you know the aircraft would fly over at the approach vector that the game randomly picks for you and it would drop the paratroopers uh in a line except they were being blocked in in a certain place and so the aircraft would have to kind of spin around and you'd deploy one or two paratroopers and then it would have to like bank around and and fly back over and drop another one and you know you have five so at this point two land uh, and they're basically killed already when um the other one is dropping and then another one gets dropped and then the aircraft has to bank around again to drop the last one and and it's just be, it becomes this this uh kind of a mess where this allows you to set the approach vector you're able to uh pick an optimal deployment path a pattern for these for the paratroopers this is just oh my god this is so awesome and you can also avoid uh, anti-aircraft defenses which is like ah oh, it's so good I, this is why i love open source software and why i love open ra because they do things that just make their games so much more fun and so much more interesting and and give way more strategy to uh the game and ah oh, it's so good. I am really excited about this. I want to know what you guys think. What features do you feel are missing from OpenRA besides the Tiberian uh, Sun mod not being released yet? Uh, I'd love to know what you guys think. So hit me up on Twitter at the Linux Gamer. I'm also on Mastodon at gbryant at Libram.1. You can uh, send me an email at show at offtopical.net or you can hit up the show notes forum.heavyelement.io. All right, the big news from this week, uh, big news that uh, I am kind of uh, confused by. Google Stadia has released some of their uh, privacy. Google Stadia has released uh, the confusing and um, strange pricing structure uh, that, that they're going to be using. Um, so Google, Sa Google Stadia is set to launch in November of this year, 2019. And uh, it's launching in Belgium and Canada, Denmark, Finland, Greece, Germany, Italy, Ireland, the Netherlands, Spain, uh, Norway, Spain, Sweden, the United States, and the United Kingdom. And what's fascinating about this is we have pricing details from the UK. Uh, pricing details... Uh, if basically, if you want the uh, Founders Edition, which is uh, a, a a blue controller and a Chromecast Ultra with three months of subscription to Stadia Pro, it costs £119. And you can pre-order it right now. It also gives a uh, gives you a buddy pass for three months, so you can give um, your friends a copy of Stadia Pro. I don't know about that, whatever. But uh, what's really interesting about this is that uh, 
<laughs> the subscription is going to be £8.99 per month uh, in the UK. And it gives you uh, access to a handful of free games. It also gives you access to games um, you have, quote, bought through Stadia on your TV. And I say, quote, bought because um, buying games through Stadia just seems like a bad freaking idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Stadia Pro uh, also gives you access to 4K HDR 60 frames a second streams. I am, uh, I would be really impressed if Google can deliver 4K60 HDR at scale, because that would just be insane. I mean, the amount of compute power needed to deliver 4K60 HDR, like, is just nutso. So I can't, I don't know how, I don't, I can't fathom how they would be able to do this at scale unless they are like investing. I've, I've heard that they're investing a ton of money and resources in open source drivers. So hopefully we will see that on the, on our end, on the Linux gaming desktop side of things, um, on the desktop Linux gaming side of things, uh, where, you know, the, open source drivers are optimized to a point that's far beyond what's available on windows. Um, I think that that's a possibility. I think that that might be how, uh, one of the ways that Stadia helps us. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd be really surprised if they can actually deliver 4k 60 HDR at scale. I mean, that's just insane to me. Um, but what's interesting is that Stadia base launches in 2020. And, uh, according to this, you're going to be able to play the games that you've bought for Stadia, but you can't play it on your TV. You can only play your Stadia games on Chrome on your browser and on your PC. And it's it's very weird to me, the fact that you would be able to play them on Chrome on your PC, but not on your TV, even if you have the Stadia controller and the uh, the the chromecast ultra i mean i have an nvidia shield and i'm kind of wondering like why wouldn't i be able to play stadia base with a game that i bought on my chromecast or on my uh nvidia shield why wouldn't i be able to do that i don't know it's very strange to me um th this is like if you read the full article over on wired uh you'll you'll find that um there's a lot of like weird little contradictions and, and special cases and stuff and i'm just kind of like you know, I don't know how Google expects to enter this market when they are so confusing, except for the fact that like AAA games right now are are doing very confusing things like this as well uh, with like all the different starter packs and all the different, uh, you know, pro packs and and whatever else that all the extra content for pre-order bonuses and stuff. Maybe maybe Google's taking a page out of Bethesda's handbook or 2K's handbook or something. <laughs> Um, I don't know. This is interesting. Uh, Google also says that you're going to need a 20 megabit connection to play games at 1080p. But what's even more fascinating about this is to play at 4k 60, you're only going to need to have a 30 megabit connection, which kind of blows my mind because the difference between a 1080p and a, and a 4k 60 stream is not a, a marginal increase. I mean, this is a, like a, a factor of, uh, well, I don't even know what the factoring is of this. I mean, 4K60 is is like three times the size of, or no, it's four times the size of, of a 1080p stream. 
and 1080p is 60 frames a second but like the exponential amount of data uh between 1080p and 4k they must be doing some serious compression on the 4k stream if if you only need 10 extra megabits per uh for the stream i mean it's like i i don't know how they're achieving what they say they're achieving i wonder if it's like you know a 1440p stream and then it gets upscaled to 4k or something because i don't even know how they'd be able to do this this is crazy to me <laughs> there's also some details about lag uh where digital foundry did some research and found that um the the difference between stadia and a xbox one x in terms of lag uh is is negligible uh you know google stadia has uh according to digital foundry Google Stadia's latency is fluctuates between 166 to 200 milliseconds of lag um, compared to 145 on average for uh, Xbox One X. Um, that makes sense to me. Lag on an Xbox is just insane uh, between, between the TV, between the game console and the and the controller and the displaying on screen and the displaying on screen um but when you when you compare it to uh pc gaming uh the lag on a pc game is about 80 to 120 milliseconds so as i've said before i think that uh i think that stadia is going to be aimed more directly at console gamers than it will be pc gamers um and the fact that uh pc games are are but then you but then you look at the fact that uh the base version of Stadia is only going to be accessible on on either a PC or a, or a smartphone, particularly the uh, Google Pixel three and the three A. Uh, it kind of it makes me wonder if this is really only going to appeal to uh, <laughs> people on the uh, on the on the ten foot side of of gaming. So, in terms of games, Wired detailed some of the games that are coming out for Stadia, and uh, Google says that they're still negotiating with publishers, so here's um, more of... Uh, but this is what we know about games that are coming out. Um, we have Doom uh, 2016, we have Rage 2, and The Elder Scrolls uh, coming from Bethesda, and they also plan to launch Doom Eternal and Wolfenstein Youngblood. Uh, that's really cool, but that means that... <clears throat> and that's really cool... And that means that Doom 2016, Rage 2, and The Elder Scrolls Online, and Doom Eternal, and Wolfenstein Youngblood ostensibly have Linux versions. Because remember, Stadia is running Linux servers. So when are they going to release those to the public? I don't know if they're ever going to. I would be shocked if they did. But it would be really cool if they did. Because then, you know, Google would have done something that actually helps the Linux gaming community. <laughs> um, that would be really cool. From Bungie, we have uh, Destiny 2, which is coming out. And including the add-ons like the upcoming Shadowkeep. Um, that's exciting for people who play um, Destiny. Uh, Capcom, EA, and Rockstar said that they're going to be announcing games that are coming to stadia uh hopefully we'll hear something about this at e3 this year which is coming up right around the corner uh we have a bunch of games from square enix because they've been porting games to to linux for forever uh tomb raider definitive edition rise of the tomb raider and shadow of the tomb raider um but we're also going to have final fantasy uh what is that 15 
Yeah, Final Fantasy 15 is coming out. Uh, I wonder if that's going to get a, a Linux desktop or Steam release. Um, Ubisoft says that they're bringing titles like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I think that's the one that I played because I actually was part of the Steam, uh, not the Steam, but the Google uh, Google Stadia beta before it had the name Stadia because I just wanted to try it. And uh, I, the lag was just insanely awful. And I was using... Um, uh, I was using a uh, fiber optic internet connection at 100 megabits a second, and the lag was just unforgivable on my PC. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I think people who play at the 10-foot experience on their TV are going to be... They're not going to notice the lag nearly as much as if you're playing with a mouse and keyboard. Uh, but then there's other games that are coming out. So uh, Just Dance... Which, what? Just Dance? Okay. The Division 2 Trials uh, Rising, which is a pretty decent game. And uh, The Crew 2, as well as uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, uh, which is coming out in October. That's that's pretty cool. And then we also have uh, just a couple other ones. Uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, Get Packed, Grid, Metro Exodus, Thumper. Thumper's a great game. But I wonder how a game like Thumper is going to fare where it, it requires... Um, um, precise timing I, I wonder how that would work uh Baldur's gate 3 power rangers battle for the grid football manager samurai showdown guilt mortal kombat 11 and darksiders genesis i think i wonder how games like mortal kombat 2 or 11 and and games that, and just dance and metro exodus or uh thumper are going to work because those games all require like really precise timing and i i if it works on consoles, I guess it might work if you have the, the, a fast enough internet connection, but I just don't know, you know? This is going to be very strange. And it's going to be interesting to see how Sony and Microsoft respond to uh, Stadia um, because the next generation of consoles is right around the corner, and to ask people to up 500 bucks, to put down 500 bucks on a console when they can put down, you know, 100 or whatever it is, for Stadia and pay a monthly fee. I mean, these other consoles are already asking you to pay a monthly fee to pay online. So it's like, what's going to happen? I, I don't even know. It's going to be interesting. I mean, do you remember when the Xbox One came out and, and everyone was freaking out because it required an always online connection to play your games? Google Stadia requires an online connection to be, uh, an always online connection to play your games. But it's not DRM. They're not pitching it as DRM, but that's exactly what it is. It is exactly DRM. In fact, it's worse than DRM because you don't even own the hardware you're playing the game on at this point. It's been abstracted away from you. And you don't even own a physical copy of the game. You don't own the hardware you played on. You don't own a copy of the game. You're licensing a copy of the game, which, I mean, you're doing on Steam anyway. But I, you know, it's like I can't, I, I don't find that conscionable. Yeah, I want to know what you guys think about Stadia. Are you are you actually going to try it? Are you going to play it on your TV? What do you think? I mean, I've played uh, the NVIDIA Shield, NVIDIA GeForce Now. I've played a couple games on there. And I got to say, it's not terrible. It's not terrible at all. <laughs> and that kind of has me worried because what happens when Stadia takes over? If Stadia takes over and, you know, people don't buy their games at GameStop anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's where people buy a lot of their games now. And it's like, you know what? 
these companies come in and they, they disrupt industries and they do these things that make them a ton of money in the short term, but they don't think about the ethical implications of it. I don't know. I'm not saying GameStop is ethical, but, you know, GameStop provides jobs. And a lot of these companies that are getting uh, disrupted by big tech giants provide jobs. I could go on a huge rant about this, and I might at some point. Just remind me, I, I want to go on a rant sometime about Tesla, and they're, they're not uh, uh, allowing like small dealerships to sell their cars and instead are, are doing it all themselves. They're cut out the middlemen, and the middlemen are the companies that actually provide jobs. Whatever. Anyway, I'm not going to get into this right now. I could get into this another time if you guys want to hear my thoughts on this. <laughs> I want to know what you guys think about Stadia. What does Stadia mean to you? Are you going to try it? Are you going to use it? Are you going to pay for Stadia Pro? Let me know in the show notes, forum.heavyelement.io. Hit me up on uh, in an email, show at offtopical.net, uh, or follow me on Twitter at the Linux Gamer. All right, so I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, my latest video. Uh, I posted a video this morning on uh, YouTube, and very few people have seen it compared to what I normally uh, get for views. Um, and I wanted to just get the message out there and let you guys know that I'm actually going full time with my content. Um, this is really exciting, but it's also a huge uh, leap of faith. Um, you know, I'm relying on the generosity of my patrons. Uh, I'm relying on uh, some partnerships that I've made with some uh, people and some companies in the community um, to help me get by and help me uh, uh, make the best of what I've built here and, you know, build what I have built into something even better. Uh, so I'm really excited, but I'm also terrified. Um, if you believe in the work that I do, you can support the show on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Linux gamer. I'm very excited about the future of my content. I can't wait to, to have the partnerships that I have, uh, forged, uh, start to, uh, bear fruit. And, uh, I'd really like to know what you guys think about the direction that we're heading in. It's exciting as hell. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen the video, uh, from this morning, um, it only has 2000 views right now, which is, uh, much, much, much lower than I had hoped the, the viewership compared to the last 10 videos I've done, um, is down 50% from where it normally is. And that's because Google has been burying, just burying content that isn't, uh, topical that isn't uh m more um what would you call it uh i don't know google just buries content uh of that it doesn't like that doesn't li they don't like the 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 gaming content they don't like uh the personal content all they want is uh the headline content the content that's going to generate clicks and you know what it's a game that i signed up for um but at the same time it's really frustrating uh, I'd love to be able to, uh, do content that, uh, I'm not worried too much about how many views it's getting. And I think that's the direction that I want to be heading in. Um, YouTube is, is a, is a strange beast and I'm hoping to be moving away from it. 
Um, that's why I started the podcast, but I also have forged, uh, some opportunities, some partnerships, and hopefully we can, uh, build a community off of YouTube. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'd love to know what you guys think. What do you think about, uh, the future of the channel, the content, the podcast? I'd love to know what you guys think. Uh, let me know on the forums, forum.heavyelement.io. Um, there's always a conversation going on over there. So, uh, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to have you sign up and, and become a, an active member of the community with us. Just being able to be part of the community is just so important to me. And I know that I kind of lurk in my own forums. I don't post very much unless somebody tags me. So I don't know. Let me, let me know what you guys think in the forums, forum.heavyelement.io. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Um, thank you so much to everybody who continually uh, listens to the show and has subscribed in their newsreader, their podcast reader of choice. Um, I, you know, it kind of sucks doing the podcast by myself. I really miss having Raven over here. Uh, he's, he's one of my best friends. I, I love Raven so much. And, and the fact that, uh, you know, he's not, he hasn't been available. It, it just kind of bums me out. Um, but yeah, let me know what you guys think about uh, the future of the channel. I'd love to know what you guys think. But uh, this has been the Off Topical Podcast. My name is Gardner, and thanks for listening. <laughs>